on today's very special episode of The One Upbeat. We go back a decade to the year 2010. What was game music like 10 years ago? I count down my top 10 favorite game scores from the year 2010 on this 10th episode of the show. We'll be listening to music from Jason Graves, Russell Shaw, Oscar Arujo, and more. Thanks for tuning into this episode of The One Upbeat. My name is Eric Silver. Let's get right into it. So I guess we're already into award season on the show. It's a bit extended this year, so hopefully you like countdowns. I had always planned to do a best of the decade show this year, naturally because I'm stubbornly in favor of the idea that the decade is 2011 to 2020. In looking at what was written during the time period, there were two titles that actually have absolutely killer soundtracks that just missed the mark by being released in 2010. So those are actually numbers one and two on the list this year. Then I went back and noticed the staggering number of games that were released in 2010, and it quickly became really easy to do a top 10 of 2010. So normally I do a top five of the year for the current year, and I'll likely be doing a top five for 2020. Games were really different back in 2010. It was only 10 years ago, but in how the market was, it seemed like a lifetime ago. 2010 was the year Kinect came out for Xbox 360. That launch sort of signaled a casual turn for mainstream gaming. Whereas we launched in 2006 and captured the hearts and minds of gamers and non-gamers alike, Microsoft and Sony quickly rushed to catch up and cash in on the market. PlayStation launched their motion control move controller around the similar time, and while it went on to sell 15 million units in about two years, it didn't capture the culture the way that Kinect did. Now that doesn't mean Kinect ruled the world forever. Everyone remembers the launch of the Xbox One, where gamers were pretty pissed off that Microsoft forced you to buy the new console bundled with Kinect, and the body controller peripheral died out not long after that. The reason I bring up Kinect, and secondarily the move, is because it was a moment where console gaming hit a new mainstream to the point where every household seemed to have a current game console under its roof. With that, games were being released left and right. Add that on to the fact that developers were really comfortable with the technology at the time to make the games, and now we have so many games released that year that it was really hard for me to limit this list to just 10 games. But let's give it a shot. Number 10! Alpha Protocol was released in May 27, 2010. The game was developed by the extremely talented Obsidian Games, known for their Knights of the Republic 2, Fallout New Vegas, and their newest game, The Outer Worlds. In it, you take on the role of Agent Michael Thornton, in a role very obviously inspired by the likes of Jason Bourne and Jack Bauer. Composer Jason Graves wrote an incredible score with tons of variety, and you'll hear that variety in the selections we play. Jason is a wildly talented, and even with a few dozen games to his name, 
very underused composer. I'm definitely planning on getting a chance to highlight his music further on the show. Graves said in a 2011 interview that the one directive he got from the game's audio director was that he really liked Michael Common's score to Die Hard. He knew what to do from there and produced a stunning, eclectic score. Here is Alpha Protocol with music by Jason Graves.
Fable 3 was the last Fable game in the main series. It would be followed up by a card game, a Kinect game, and a remaster of the first game's re-release. But we would really never get another big grand traditional Fable adventure after the third game. British composer Russell Shaw had worked closely with Peter Molyneux for many years and writes an incredible soundtrack to accompany the last Fable game. In a 2011 interview with GameSpot, Shaw says it's a challenge to always come up with something fresh for a series like Fable. I'm sure he felt a lot of pressure to have to balance not just giving people the same old, same old, but also not straying too far from what people expect from the veteran series. Also, when you have a game as big as Fable, he says it's hard to compose so much material without it becoming tedious or repetitive. I think when you listen to this music in a moment, you'll wonder why he had those concerns in the first place. The score is varied, beautiful, orchestrated masterfully, and a beautiful pleasure to listen to. This is Fable 3 with music by Russell Shaw and with Alan Wilson conducting the Slovak National Symphony Orchestra. Okay, so I'm cutting in here now. It's a week later, and um, I knew it would come to bite me in the ass. Xbox had their Xbox Games Showcase Livestream 2020. The idea was to show off new games coming to Xbox Series X, which will come out holiday 2020. And at the very end, what do you know? They do a One More Thing teaser, and it's Fable. So... I guess we're getting another Fable game. Um, I guess you could disregard everything you heard before about Fable 3 being the last one. And, you know, from here on out, I guess we'll just cross our fingers and hope the music's as good as Fable 3. So enjoy the music from Fable 3 and sorry for wasting your time, I guess.
Castlevania Lords of Shadow was a surprising game. After years of 2D pixel art games on the Game Boy Advance and Nintendo DS, suddenly we're thrown a main series big budget console Castlevania game by developer Mercury Steam and Hideo Kojima of Metal Gear fame. At first it was very off-putting to fans of the series as it was, but the Lords of Shadow games eventually found a fan base of their own. A similar thing happened a few times over the last few years before that with The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker and the Final Fantasy XIII series. Spanish composer Oscar Arojo wrote a booming, powerful score for the game, which complemented the visuals very well. There's really a sort of Howard Shore's Lord of the Rings style to it. If you're into that, you'll love this music. The more you listen to it, the more you'll hear that influence for sure. It was definitely a new direction for the series, but musically, once you got past the fact that it wasn't simply melodic and traditional, it was a really good experience musically. This is Castlevania Lords of Shadow with music by Oscar Arujo, performed by the Bratislava Symphony Orchestra.
2010 also saw the widely anticipated release of the second game in the StarCraft series. Up to that point, it always felt like Warcraft was the heavy favorite by developer Blizzard, and it definitely was. At that point, World of Warcraft was on its sixth year and had three main series games to its name. I can't speak much for the game itself because I'm horrible at all forms of strategy games, real-time or turn-based, but the music is absolutely legendary here. You have a wide range of composers writing music for the game, and what you get is a great vision and a big-budget film score-style soundtrack for the game. After a while, it becomes hard to think of new superlatives for these game scores, so sometimes it's best just to let the music do the speaking for itself. This is music from StarCraft II Wings of Liberty by Russell Brower, Glenn Stafford, Derek Duke, and Neil Acri, performed by the Skywalker Symphony Orchestra.
Unfortunately, we are at the end of part one of our two-part countdown of the best game scores of 2010. It was really hard to narrow down this list. I had trouble adding to the 2019 list, and here I am having to cut games with great music from the list. I'm going to list some of the games that just barely didn't make the cut. These are games with absolutely fantastic soundtracks that deserve complete recognition. I narrowed down my 10 favorites though, so by that standard, that's the list we have. I'm listing them in alphabetical order here, so don't get any funny ideas. Here they are. Civilization V by Michael Curran, Jeff Knorr, and Ian Smith. God of War III by Gerard Marino, Jeff Rona, Ron Fish, Michael Regan, and Chris Velasco. Halo Reach by Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1 by James Hannigan. Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep by Yoko Shimomura. Mass Effect 2 by Jack Wall. And Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker by Kazuma Jinochi, Nobuko Toda, Akihiro Honda, and others. Man, it was tough to leave some of those games out, but the show must go on, and so we come to our number 6 favorite game score from 2010, Xenoblade Chronicles. Xenoblade is an interesting situation. The game released in Japan in 2010, Europe in 2011, and didn't come to the US until 2012. It was part of this sort of mythical trio of games that people were begging to have localized in the West on Wii, along with The Last Story and Pandora's Tower. Interestingly enough, after almost not getting localized at all, the Xenoblade franchise has become a big deal for Nintendo. There have been two sequels in the form of Xenoblade Chronicles X and Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and the original game has been re-released twice, once on the new Nintendo 3DS, requiring the upgraded model to be able to run this huge game, and very recently on the Nintendo Switch, which came with a remastered soundtrack. The music is done by one upbeat favorite Yoko Shimomura, who composes the gorgeous main title and other favorites from the soundtrack. Then there's Ace Plus, which is a trio of musicians comprised of Tomori Kudo, Hiroyo Chiko Yamanaka, and Kenji Hiramatsu. There's also music by Manami Kiyota. The soundtrack is gigantic, originally spanning four discs with well over an hour each. Today, with the exception of the main theme, we're going to play from the remastered soundtrack. I just think it's so much better, and while it would normally go on my best of the year show under remasters and rearrangements, there's only so many times we can listen to Xenoblade music. I know some will disagree with that, but it, you know, it's my show. Here's music from Xenoblade Chronicles with music from Yoko Shimomura, Ace Plus, and Manami Kyoto. Thanks so much for listening, and please be sure to tune in next time when we go through the top five scores of 2010. My name is Eric Silver, and you can find me at the One Upbeat on Twitter if you want to chat or yell at me for my choices or omissions. Until then, happy listening.
Thank you for tuning in to the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. I want to thank Tim Burden for providing his voice for all the bumpers and stingers you hear throughout the program, and David Cosina for providing Cinematic Sound Radio's theme music. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email us at cinematicsound at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media at Sinsound Radio on Twitter and Cinematic Sound on Facebook. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment right now to rate the show and write a brief review. Reviews help introduce potential listeners to the show. And while you're at it, head over to Tee Public to get a Cinematic Sound Radio t-shirt. And don't forget to check out Cinematic Sound Radio at cinematicsound.net.